The last words of any man are significant, but how much more when those last words are spoken by the God-man, the Lord Jesus? In today's study, we visit the cross and listen to the final words of Christ spoken just before his death. You will find that they hold tremendous truth and application for all of us who live on this side of the cross. Open your Bible and let's join Scott Pauley now at Calvary. All of us like to think of ourselves as basically good people, but the reality is that none of us are good because we're all sinners. In fact, Scripture tells us there is none good, no, not one. There's only one who's good, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man. And when you look at Calvary, if you see the picture of those three crosses, you see a, a great picture of the world. There's one good and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is surrounded by sinners. On either side, a criminal. That's right, we're, we're all a bunch of criminals. And you say, well, that, that's not me, preacher. I'm no criminal. Oh, really? Because one of the words in Scripture for the word sin is the word iniquity. And do you know what iniquity means? It literally means crooked. Uh, to, to walk a crooked line instead of walking a straight line. That's what we are. We're a bunch of crooks. We don't line up with God's law. And the sooner we see ourselves like God sees us, uh, the, the sooner we enter into the joy of the mercy and grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Remember what Isaiah said back in the Old Testament, that Christ would be numbered with the transgressors. Well, that's exactly what we find today in our study in Luke chapter number 23. The Bible says in verse 32, there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And the very next verse says, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. Isn't that interesting that you get the picture of these two criminals being crucified with the sinless Son of God, and then the next voice you hear is the voice of Jesus, and it is a prayer. It is not a word of condemnation. It is a word of intercession. I'm thinking now of what Jesus said, that he did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Well, you see that at the cross, and you hear that at the cross. In fact, these two criminals in many ways are symbolic of us all. We, we've broken God's law. We are worthy of death. Uh, each of us has our own choice to make. You remember, they made very different choices. And we are divided by either those who will believe or those who will not believe. Every sinner is on one side of Christ or the other. What a picture of Christ and his relationship to every sinner. Now, I lay that foundation for you because I want you to see the conversation. I want you to hear the interaction between the Lord Jesus Christ and one of these criminals. This is one of the great cries from the cross. Now listen to the words of Luke chapter 23, beginning in verse number 39. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God? seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me 
when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, listen to Christ, Verily I say unto thee, today, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Think of this. Here is a man at the end of his life on the edge of eternity, and suddenly he comes to know the Son of God. And when he departs this world, immediately he goes to be with God in heaven. This is one of the great, might I say, deathbed scenes of the Bible. Someone said, do you believe people can be saved on their deathbed? I believe people can be saved anytime, anywhere. They're willing to repent of their sin and by faith receive the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. But I would urge you, don't wait till then. In fact, if this man could speak to you today, I think he would urge you, don't waste your life. Don't wait to the very end. None of us have have the, the hope that we even will have that moment and have that opportunity. But here we are in Luke 23, in the very same passage where Christ prays for forgiveness for many. Remember, Father, forgive them. Now he offers it to one man. I think this is really important to remember that forgiveness is always a personal thing. It is an individual thing. Christ prayed for many, but every person gets saved individually. And people get right with God one at a time. And so here we have a picture of one man coming to know the Lord and having his sins forgiven. I want to zero in in this study, if I may, on one word. It is the word today. It is the word that Jesus speaks to this man. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now remember what day it is. It is Christ's last day on earth. It is the day of the sacrifice of the Lamb. It is a day where the sun went dark. In fact, the very next verse tells us that at that moment, there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. It was, it was quite a day. And it was on this day that this man came to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Might I say that the greatest day a person ever lives is the day they're introduced to Jesus. The Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do you hear the expression twice in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2? The day of salvation. Do you remember your day of salvation? Has there been a day of salvation in your life? We'll come back and talk about it more, but let me give you one truth about the word today. First of all, it is a word of expediency. It is, it's a present tense word. It's a right now word. It's God's word. Who is our God? He is the great I am. He is the ever-present and the very present one. And the God who, who lives outside of time, who holds time in his hand, works in the ever-present now. You see, I think one of the great takeaways from this passage is that God doesn't want to save you later. He wants to save you today. Time was running out for this man. Whatever was going to be done had to be done quickly. The proverb says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. James said, What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. And then he actually used this same expression about today and tomorrow. He said, this is the way people live. They say, oh, today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city and buy and sell and get gain. And he says, you know not what you'll be on the morrow. You have no idea if tomorrow will ever come. 
Someone rightly said that yesterday is like a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note, and today is legal tender. It is the only thing that is negotiable. May I say to you that Satan's word is tomorrow? It's always a word of delay. I think one of the most interesting stories in all of Scripture is Pharaoh when the plagues came, and finally the frogs came, and Moses said, when would you like the frogs to be gone? And Pharaoh gave a one-word answer. He said, tomorrow. What was he thinking? Had he grown to love those little frogs? Had he named them? One old preacher had a famous sermon he preached called One More Night with the Frogs. We laugh at that and scoff and say, what a fool. Don't we do the same thing? We put off to tomorrow what the Lord desires to do in us today. I'm convinced that delay is one of Satan's greatest tools. Friend, tomorrow may never come. And if it gets here, you may not feel as you do at this moment. Whatever you need to do, do it today. Do you need to be saved? Believe on him today. Do you need to get right with God? Do it today. Is there something the Lord's speaking to you about? Respond to him today. Because this is the word Christ cried from the cross today. Can you hear the cries from the cross? In each of these Holy Spirit-inspired words, God has a message for us. We hope that through this study, you will come to know and love the Lord Jesus in a deeper way. For more information on a personal relationship with Christ or for helpful devotional resources, please visit us at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will have access to hundreds of articles, full-length Bible messages, and the complete Enjoying the Journey broadcast library. Remember that only as you follow God's Word will you find Christ's joy.